On today's show, we are shifting our attention back to another player evaluation from the 2021-2022 season. Since today, we'll be talking about one of the more polarizing players on the Stars roster last season in defenseman Ryan Suter. We'll talk about the strengths that he brought to the team, talk about the areas of weakness in his performance last season, and then talk about what his upcoming campaign will look like in the 22-23 outing. All of this coming up on a Monday episode of Locked on Stars. Your Locked on Stars, your daily podcast on the Dallas Stars. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, Stars fans. Welcome back to the Locked on Stars podcast, the only daily podcast covering the Dallas Stars, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Dane Lewis, your local expert on all things Dallas Stars hockey credential member of the Dallas Stars media, coming to you on this Monday, August 15th. And whether this is your first time here or you are a recurring listener of the show, thank you for stopping by and for making us your first listen every single day. Please do consider subscribing on YouTube if you do not do so already. You can also follow and subscribe to the show on your favorite podcasting platform as well. And if you feel so inclined, can leave a five-star rating and or review. Truly does help the show out a ton and helps draw more people to join this nice little Dallas Stars family that we've got going. Thank you guys for continuing to tune in and support the show even here in the middle of the offseason. I almost said summer, but it's August, mid-August, so the summer slowly starting to wind down, although it is still very hot here in Texas, and now is as good a time as any to jump back uh, to where we kind of started this offseason with another player evaluation. Just when you think I've run out of players to talk about from the past season or evaluate, I reel you right back in. And uh, the name of the of the listener is escaping me, but someone left a comment uh, on one of the recent episodes via YouTube asking for maybe a discussion about Ryan Suter and the season that he had for the Stars last season. Uh, one of the newer additions to the team coming from the Minnesota Wild through last offseason with guys like Michael Roffel, Luke Glenn Denning, uh, Yanni Hockenpah, a fairly big free agent class that the Stars got last year, kind of headlined by Ryan Suter. One of the biggest stories for the Stars, but a move I feel like kind of went under the radar across the NHL. I remember talking to several people throughout the season, uh, you know, talking about games against their teams, other locked-on NHL hosts, and they all were, oh yeah, I, I forgot you guys got Ryan Suter in the offseason. Ryan Suter is currently 37 years old. He will turn 38 in January, and uh, we're going to start out the the show talking about the good that Ryan Suter brought to the team. As as I said in the open, I know he's one of the more polarizing characters on the Stars roster right now, but there are some good aspects to his game and certainly some positives that he brings to the table. And one of those being, despite his age, at you know his late 30s, he was an incredibly consistent piece for this Dallas Stars team. And what I mean by that is he was always available to play. He was one of four Dallas Stars players that played in all 82 regular season games. It was Joe Pavelski, also a guy in his late 30s, Jamie Benn, 
Luke Glendening, and of course, Ryan Suter. And he also played in all seven playoff games against the Calgary Flames. He led the Dallas Stars in time on ice with 1,939 minutes and 28 seconds, led all Stars defensemen in goals at seven, which you look at that initially and you say maybe that's not a great stat, but if you look at Ryan Suter historically, he's never necessarily been a goal scorer from the blue line. He has had much better seasons as far as assist and points at the defenseman position, but he's never actually had a double-digit goal season. His career high in goals was nine, and that came back in Minnesota in the 16-17 season. So looking at seven goals from Ryan Suter is actually pretty good given his track record and given his history with scoring goals. Not sure if we'll ever see him reach that double-digit marker, just especially as he continues to age. And uh, we'll, of course, talk about what his role could look like later on in the show. But he led the team in a lot of different categories. And you do have to keep in mind that he did lead the Stars in time on ice. So as a result, he could be you know at the top or near the top of several different lists of stats but still nonetheless a pretty big contributor to this team throughout the season he led the team in shots for at 1006 meaning while he was on the ice there was 1006 shots taken uh you know while he's skating while he's the blue line while his team is on the offensive side of the ice uh, and in the same way he led the team in scoring chances for in 1016 so again while ryan Suter was on the ice the Dallas Stars had scoring chances 1,016 times. And the Dallas Stars scored 233 goals during the 21-22 regular season. And Ryan Suter was on the ice for 91 of them, which is pretty good numbers, especially for a team like the Dallas Stars that seem to be lacking offensively at times. And Ryan Suter was fourth on the team and blocked shots at 88, which is something you always love to see from your defensemen putting their bodies on the line in order to block a shot or prevent a puck from getting on net. A lot of times goalies are probably going to make the save and be in a good position to do so. But, you know, you always love to see a player, especially a defenseman, especially a guy as old as Suter, whose body has certainly seen better days, putting his body on the line for the better of the team. And, you know, he's far from a perfect player, but you absolutely really can't deny that, you know, there's a decent amount of production that comes from the Dallas Stars offense when he's on the ice. And again, that's another thing you have to consider with these numbers is that the Stars were not a really good offensive team and really haven't been for the past handful of seasons. But even a guy like Ryan Suter, I think that that's really where he, you know, has the most to offer to this team is he does shoot quite a bit from the blue line, whether or not it's on net or whether or not it's a high quality look, you know, that kind of fluctuates and goes up and down. But you can't deny the value of having a guy, a veteran leader, a guy who's been around the league as long as Suter has, being able to play all 82 games, especially at his age. The fact that he and Joe Pavelski both able to play all 82 regular season games as well as all seven playoff games, I think is incredibly valuable to this team. Veteran leadership is always a good thing, especially now on the defensive side of things with John Klingberg gone, even though Klingberg is younger than Ryan Suter, just the fact that he had been one of the longer tenured Dallas stars on the team, especially one of the longer tenured defensemen. I think there was this aspect of that was his defensive core. And now you could say it's Miro Haskinen, uh, who is kind of the, the head man of that defensive core, but still incredibly valuable to have a guy like Ryan Suter there with those other players, especially the younger players in the organization like Thomas Harley, who will talk about that relationship a little bit later on. So We'll talk about the weaknesses of Ryan Suter here in a little bit, but you know when you look at him as a player overall, and I know a lot of people, including myself, have been critical of him, you can't deny that there is a decent amount of offensive production, uh, 
which is a good thing for the Dallas Stars, given the lack of offense that we see from them at times, when Ryan Suter is on the ice. Not a perfect offensive player, not a guy who's going to put up dazzling numbers, but a guy that you can count on to be a consistent and efficient piece of any offense from the blue line. Well, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we will talk about the defensive side of the ice and what Ryan Suter's impact on the team is there. Today's episode of Locked on Stars is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. If you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There's a new flavor, delicious, indulgent cookie dough covered in 100% real chocolate. Cookie dough chunk puffs have a light and chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks, and of course, like I said, they are covered in 100% real chocolate. All the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it, plus it's actually healthy for you. Cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories and have a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. And what's great about Built Bars is that all of their products are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. So you can eat something that tastes delicious and is actually good for you. You are going to absolutely love the new cookie dough chunk puff. Whether you need a snack for your workout, a late night treat, or just need to grab a quick bite, Built is the perfect protein bar and they taste better than a candy bar. Ditch the calories, fat, and sugar and grab yourself a Built Bar today. You can get your own at Built.com and you can use our promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Again, use our promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order at Built.com. Moving right along on this Monday episode of Locked on Stars. Thank you again for making us your first listen of the day. If you're watching on YouTube, hit the comments down below and let me know how you thought Ryan Suter did this past season and what you think his role might be for the Dallas Stars in 2022-2023. Again, I know he's an incredibly polarizing player and there were, you know, his highs were pretty high and some of his lows were really low. Of course, keep it respectful as uh, a guy that has been an NHL vet for a long time. And while he might not be the most productive member, this is a guy who has hopes and aspirations to win a Stanley Cup before he retires. And uh, obviously he had plenty of options in free agency when making that selection and he chose to come to Dallas. So we'll see if that ends up paying off for him. But with that said, every time we do one of these season evaluations for players you of course always have the positives you have the things that players do well and then of course we do need to address the things the areas of their struggle or the things that they maybe are not so good at so of course never are these attacks at the players personally but just areas of their game where uh, we would love to see some improvement or areas of their game that maybe we would like to forget uh, and maybe turn our eyes away from the tv when we are watching them and of course we talked about how actually pretty good ryan Suter has been in an offensive role with the dallas stars but where things seem to be lacking is on the other side of the ice, which unfortunately uh, for him, he's a defenseman. And that's kind of what your primary purpose is on the team is to be good on defense. And then if you have the really nice offense ability, that is, you know, a cherry on top of the Sunday. And of course, I think one of the biggest factors in that is that Ryan Suter is certainly in the twilight of his career. And of course, with the older age comes a little bit less mobility. Uh, and of course, just in today's NHL, even if a small mistake is made, or if there is a slight moment of hesitation, a younger and faster player in the NHL can absolutely take advantage and make life extremely difficult for the team that they are going up against. 
Dallas, in this case being the Dallas Stars. And, you know, we talked about how Suter was either at the top of the list or near the top of the list in many different offensive categories, whether they were advanced, you know, stats, analytics, or even the more simple ones. But the same can be said on the defensive side of the ice, but not necessarily in a good way. Suter led the team in Corsi and Fenwick against this past season. Corsi just being any sort of shot taken during a game and Fenwick being specifically shots on goal. So whenever Ryan Suter was on the ice, that's when the most shots were taken essentially and shots against in general. While Ryan Suter was on the ice, the Dallas Stars had 999 shots taken against them. Suter was also the scoring chances against leader at 856. So again, while Ryan Suter is on the ice, there were 856 scoring chances against against the Dallas Stars and in that same manner there were 369 Heindager chances against the Dallas Stars when Ryan Suter was on the ice so Dallas certainly seeming to be at a defensive you know liability or defensively exposed with a guy like Ryan Suter on the ice and it was just such a weird mixture because you had Ryan Suter on one side of the defensive core and then you have the young and bright Miro Haskinen whenever Haskinen was not out with mononucleosis and Miro as we know is one of the fastest and best skating defensemen in the National Hockey League and so just made for such an interesting dynamic but the Dallas Stars allowed 244 goals in the 21-22 season and Ryan Suter was on the ice for 84 of them. So it really just, you know, the the conclusion here is that when Ryan Suter is on the ice, opposing teams are able to generate more offense and more often than not execute on those scoring opportunities. And it's just a bad mixture because he is recording all of that time on ice, leading the team in time on ice. So that means he's going to be on the ice the most, not just out of the defenseman, but really out of anyone on the team. And so there's more opportunities for these teams to get more shots on goal, to get more high danger chances for, and to just get those scoring opportunities because of how many minutes you have a guy like Ryan Suter playing. Uh, and really, even if you look at some of the other defensive stats, the one that was most concerning to me was that he only dealt out 46 hits while taking 64 hits, according to Natural Stat Trick. And Ryan Suter isn't the biggest guy in the league, certainly not the biggest defenseman at 6'1". Uh, 200 pounds, according to NHL.com. But if you ask me, you should be hitting more than getting hit at that size, and especially at the defensive position. I mean, I think Yanni Hockenpon, Essel, and Dell were at the top in hits dealt, and I think Jamie Benn and Radek Fox were also near the top of the list there. But Ryan Suter, I think he was still in the top five or six, but still, you would love to see those numbers a little bit higher. I know, again, he's up there in age, so he's not looking to throw his body around, not saying he needs to lead the team in hits, but would love to see a little bit more physicality from him on the defensive side of the ice. What you lack in speed may up for in physicality, which, you know, there is a little bit of a balance there because you don't want to overcommit to the physicality because you could miss a hit, miss a check, and that could lead to an opening for the opposition. So something that needs to be handled with moderation, but also something that I would maybe like to see a little bit of an uptick with uh, to see a little bit more physicality and a little bit more brute force from Ryan Suter, as much as he can do at the age of 37 and eventually 38 whenever January rolls around. And you also look at the penalty minutes. He was fourth on the Dallas Stars in penalty minutes at 40. I believe the only other players ahead of them were Jamie Benn, who I think had 88. Jamie Benn was looking to lead the league in penalty minutes, it seemed. Radek Fox and, if I'm not mistaken, Yanni Hockenpah, uh, all coming in at the top three. But Ryan Suter, I mean, it's just never a good look to have a defenseman racking up penalty minutes like that because those are going to be guys that you want out there on the penalty kill, especially a veteran player like Suter. So, of course, never good to see him getting put in the penalty box. And more often than not, it was because he, you know, kind of got exposed on a player, was a little bit of a liability, and maybe had to use a stick and trip up or interfere 
whatever the call could have been, in order to prevent a goal from being scored, just maybe because he was caught off guard on the offensive side of things and not able to keep up defensively. And if you ask me this, and I imagine that this is going to be what many people go to in the comments, it seems that maybe the worst part of all of this in my eyes, and I know many others as well, is the amount of money that Ryan Suter is getting paid. He's getting paid $3.65 million a season until the conclusion of the 24-25 season. And if you ask me, that is a lot of money for a guy who, let's admit it, and let's face it, was kind of a defensive liability last season and not necessarily shooting the lights out, not putting up those electric offensive numbers, and you wouldn't really expect him to at his age. And on his side of things, I fully understand why he would want that much money. This is likely his last NHL contract, his last long-term NHL contract unless maybe he goes back to play in Minnesota for one more season once he gets done in Dallas but I certainly understand that he wanted to get as much money as he could out of this what seems to be final deal uh, long-term deal with an NHL team while he's still getting consistent minutes but just as far as production I don't think the production is necessarily worth what he's getting paid you look at a guy like Joe Pavelski who around the same age late 30s is going to be getting paid five million dollars this season and he just set a career record in points a assists and goals and obviously those are two different things Joe Pavelski plays forward on a really excellent top line and Ryan Suter is playing defenseman those are apples and oranges two different things but still you have a guy like Joe Pavelski who can still contribute and produce at a high level at his age and then you have Ryan Suter who does like I said have some really good moments especially offensively but then there are just some moments where the defense is just a little bit lacking and he's not quite the player that he once was when he was with the Nashville Predators and the Minnesota Wild and so it really is disappointing again I understand that he wanted to get as much money as he could in this likely final long-term contract but if you look back on it you know maybe you cut back that contract by a little bit of money Maybe you have one or two million dollars in extra money to either re-sign Jason Robertson and Jake Ottinger, or maybe you could have used that money and gone out and maybe signed uh, additional free agents or maybe a bigger name free agent. I, I don't doubt that Colin Miller and Mason Marchment can be, I, I think they can be good contributors for this team, but maybe if you have a little bit of extra cap space by either not signing him or signing him for less money, uh, you have a little bit more money to deal with this offseason and maybe the outlook of your team roster looks different. But again, that's a different topic for a different day. So all in all, we'd love to somehow see an uptick in production defensively from Ryan Suter. I just don't know what that looks like for him, just because it feels like the only logical answer would be for him to get younger. And that is scientifically impossible. So we'll see how Pete DeBoer draws up his defensive system this season. And maybe we can see kind of a comeback for Ryan Suter and see an uptick in production, both on offense and defense. Well, we're going to take another quick break, but when we come back, we will talk about 2022-2023 and what Ryan Suter's output can look like this coming season. Thank you for spending part of your Monday with the Locked on Stars podcast. We are talking about Ryan Suter. We talked about his season this past year, 2021-2022, and now we are shifting our focus to the future training camp not too far away the end of September we are a little over a month out from the return of NHL hockey and Ryan Suter as we talked about in the last week his contract goes through the end of the 2024-2025 season so he will likely still be a large part of the game plan for the stars this season barring any sort of injury. He will probably be another consistent presence. He's been a really consistent piece for all the teams he's played for. Health has never really been a massive issue for him. Uh, 
one of the more dependable players in the league as far as just being able to play the majority of games and getting a lot of time on ice recorded. Uh, and I imagine this season, if Miro Haskinen is also able to stay healthy, that I predict that he will probably lead the team in time on ice. But Ryan Suter maybe not going to be too far behind him. And of course, I expect him to come out hungry, as I've stated earlier. This is a guy who is looking to win a Stanley Cup trophy before he calls it a career. And again, he chose Dallas for a reason. Uh, and I imagine that he's still going to give it all he can, given his age and whatever else, you know, age-wise, injury-wise, maybe preventing him from playing at a high level. I imagine that while he's on the ice, he's going to be doing all that he can in order to help set this team up for success and hopefully we can see him take on a little bit more of a leadership role defensively again I think for the future and the time being this is Miro Haskinen's defensive core but of course you do need to value the input of a veteran like Ryan Suter and hopefully we can see him take on a little bit more of a leadership role especially now in the absence of John Klingberg hopefully he can you know bring along and help you know, help develop and mentor a young player like Thomas Harley. Uh, Colin Miller, even though he's not young, is still new to this franchise. Help take him under his wing and help him walk through this process of being a free agent that gets signed by the Dallas Stars. But something I think would be really interesting to look at is maybe a little bit of a shakeup in a lineup. I've even seen this projected by several people on Twitter that maybe we could see a defensive lineup of Thomas Harley and Miro Haskinen, and then you move Ryan Suter down to that second defensive pairing with Essa Lindell. I think that that's something that could drastically improve the Dallas Stars defensively, especially if Thomas Harley can take that big step forward this season and be the defender that the Stars organization has wanted him to be since he was drafted uh, just a handful of years ago. And I think him and Haskinen, if they're both playing at their peak or what their potentials should be given their respective points in their career, that could be a great top defensive pairing. And then maybe you cut back a little bit on Ryan Suter's minutes, which maybe you know allows him to be less fatigued. So he has a little bit more energy every single shift that he goes out there and he can play alongside a guy who is a little bit more physical like Essa Lindell. So maybe you don't necessarily need to see Suter take and, you know, give out as many hits if you do have a guy like Lindell out there that always seems to be near the top of the category and block shots and hits a guy Lindell that is certainly not afraid to get down and dirty on the defensive side of the ice. So that's just my opinion. Let me know again down below if you're watching on YouTube if you would like to see Ryan Suter and Essa Lindell playing on a second or third defensive pairing uh, and what you think the defensive court will look like for the Dallas Stars this season on opening night because I'm sure it could change all throughout the season but I'm going to be really curious to see how this defensive course shapes out throughout training camp the preseason and of course as we get closer to that first game of the season in Nashville against the Predators one of Ryan Suter's former teams but that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Stars thank you again for tuning in and for making us your first listen every single day be sure to subscribe to the show here on YouTube help us get to seven hundred subscribers you can also find and follow us on your favorite podcasting platform because we're free and available no matter where or how you choose to listen you can also find and follow me on twitter just a simple at dane double underscore lewis and our show just at locked on stars thank you guys again for tuning in we will be back here on wednesday with another episode we'll see you there stars fans have a fantastic monday <laughs>